You're listening to Not So Life from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me in the booth, as always, is... The other Mike Yohara, buddy, talking about sequels this week, because we're going to do... Yeah, some interesting stuff on here we're going to talk about. So this was inspired by the idea... I think you wanted to discuss Aliens and Predator and all that, and we've actually done those on the podcast a few times before you came along to join us Mm -hmm. in the booth. Um, Mm -hmm. But it did spawn the the standard discussion of, like, how do you make a good sequel? What is a good sequel that's actually better than the original, or yada yada? Mm -hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the obvious two answers are The Godfather Part 2 and Aliens. Yep. Those are the two. Yes. Everyone lists those ones, and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, end of discussion, those are the two. And the thing mm-hmm. is, we looked up a list from Time Magazine from about 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And they listed Godfather Part 2 on the list of mm-hmm. best sequels. And they didn't list Aliens. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they listed Paddington 2, so I mean, I maybe they I got know. there. <laughs> there was a really weird entrance on there, but if you're going to list anything, you list like. Who on their staff was sitting there going, Aliens, too? Like, yeah. Aliens just isn't as good as Alien. I mean, come on. How how do you disagree with this? Like, yeah, we, we could sit here and talk about that for hours and be <laughs> right on both directions, but it, right. we can both agree that it, it is a fantastic it's movie a fantastic and how movie. it's not on the it's It's a joke that it wasn't on the list and yeah. you put Paddington on That there, right, right there alone should disqualify it, but we're going to debate this list anyway. I've actually reorganized it for us so we can bang mm-hmm. out some of the dumb entries out quickly yes and yes. among them i'm not going to debate godfather part two i honestly i haven't watched the godfather series because i don't have nine <laughs> hours in me to watch gangsters be gangsters i'm just saying find find at least six hours and watch one and two you can pass on three as an italian american <laughs> who grew up with an italian household i have seen these movies they're both very good one is slow going two is much better but again two is much better because they amped up the violence and the mm-hmm. action mm-hmm. it's well it was meant to be the conclusion of the story and then the studio was like we need a third one and they're like yeah oh well okay, yeah, don't, wa- don't, don't waste your time <laughs> okay that's fine uh, movies that we th- we both thought were kind of weird to have on this list because the list is mm-hmm. mostly action and sci-fi. Uh, right. Paddington Two, which not going to take away from it. I actually liked the first Paddington. Haven't seen the sequel. Feel no need. Mm. Uh, seen neither, but I'll I'll agree with you. <laughs> it's, Padding- it's Paddington. He's a cute bear. The Brits love him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How to Train Your Dragon Two, which I mean, it's got dragons, so I guess it's kind of a genre. But I liked the first one better. I, I like the whole franchise. I don't think there's a bad movie there. If you want to say two is better than one, sure. I, I guess we can agree on that. But the, there really isn't a bad one in one, two, three. Moving on. And then we have what I feel starts the trend of this list kind of cheating. Toy mm-hmm. Story 3. Not Toy Story 2, <laughs> which would be the sequel. But mm-hmm. Toy Story 3, which, one, they said that was the best one. And I have thoughts on this. Um, but also, it's a third movie. It's not like that. If I want to be pedantic, and there's going to be some pedantry on this list, uh, and mm. we're going to include any sequel, like it's really weird to me. They're like, well, you know, we've got a franchise now. Let's say that the third one's better than the other two. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was a really great conclusion to a trilogy. I thought it ended very well. You can say it's better than one. Okay. Was it better than two? I might have said so, but you brought up some really good points that we'll talk about some other time. Uh, but but two might have been better even. And, yeah. and it's two, fine, I guess, but it's definitely better than one. I'll give you that. Two has a definite like growth of Woody's character that I feel is violated by the later two movies for sure. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, no, we can do a Toy Story podcast at some point down the road. But suffice it to say that whether you think two or three is better, it's weird that these are on this list because I just I just think it's kind of weird they're on this list, uh, honestly. Uh, they, they don't really belong with the theme going on for these mm-hmm. other 20 or so movies. <laughs> we then come into a chunk of franchise sequels that we also can just bang out quick. 
Um, right. Because, like, okay, so, sure, the first two Mission Impossible movies were kind of the weakest of the set. The second is mm-hmm. almost unwatchable trash. But yes. the franchise kind of reboots itself with the third one, and then it's just a consistent, like, continuity and vibe and series with J.J. Abrams and then Christopher McQuarrie kind of, like, working together to create this zone. Like, mm-hmm. that almost feels like the TV series on the big screen. And that's the weird thing about saying any of these movies should be on this list. And they specifically mentioned Fallout, which I do think is the best of the run. Don't get me wrong. But this mm-hmm. is a franchise that technically has been running since the 1960s. Um, <laughs> so everything is a sequel to this. And it's just weird to have a franchise this long on a list to be like, well, this one movie in particular is the one we're going to like highlight. Yeah, we're, we're going to single this one out out of the last four and a half movies that were all really good at the yeah. same time. Like, yeah, like since one and two, you know, three was good. And then this whole, like you said, this reboot here, starting maybe with like Ghost Protocol or whatnot, was mm-hmm. just they're all, you know what you're getting. You're getting a lot of action. You're mm-hmm. getting Tom Cruise being not crazy Tom Cruise, just being good actor Tom Cruise. And you're getting a good story. Yeah. You know what you're signing up for. None of these are bad. If you want to say it's better, it's I think the list is a matter of opinion at that. You know, I'm not going to say any of these are worse than the others in the Mission Impossibles, but sure, we can go with this sure. one being better. Whether or not, sure. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok is on the list, and I have an issue with this, not because I think it's a bad movie. I do think it's the best of the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about the MCU, you're talking about a franchise of 40 movies and TV shows right now. And yeah. like six, seven, eight, twelve 12 of them have Thor in them in some respect. So, like, how do you single out one Thor movie and say this is better than the other two, the other 12, the other however many? Like, it's it's a continuous story. Each one is individualized to a certain extent, but you can't get to Thor Ragnarok without two Avengers, two Thor movies, and a couple of other things in the process. Yeah, the the intertwined spider web of all these Marvel movies being, you know, it's it, I I just picture uh, the dude Charlie from It's Sunny with the you know the stuff on the wall with all the you know the the yarn pieces going yeah, exactly. to every point of the map. Like, that, that's exactly like what it is. And <laughs> yes, we can both agree that Ragnarok is the strongest of all the Thor movies, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not a sequel. It wasn't even his second appearance. It was at best, if you want to argue timeline, his third, mm-hmm. and was probably even more than that. So yeah. it's a good movie. It's better than the first one. Whatever. It's a franchise, and that's mm-hmm. that's my issue with the next like m- many of these on this list. But Logan mm-hmm. specifically is the conclusion of Wolverine's story. I'm I, I agree it was the best of his movies, but that's kind of mm-hmm. hard not to do when you've got you know X Men Origins Wolverine kicking it off. <laughs> like the bar was right. set pretty fucking low there, guys. Um, yeah. But it's also this thing of like we're talking about a character that has shown up in basically every X Men movie from Fox save one. Yes, this was the conclusion of his story, but at the same time, you get to the conclusion and you appreciate it for what it is because you watched eight other movies with him in it. Yeah, the the feels at the end of that movie were real. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying saying goodbye to a character who just was just one of the best superhero characters that yeah that yeah. we've seen over the last twenty years or so of mm-hmm. any superhero franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he got the send off he deserved. He got the movie he deserved. It was not a sequel. To your point, it was a conclusion. Yes. But damn, it was. It good. was a good conclusion. It was a great conclusion. Mm-hmm. I don't debate that. It's just a mm-hmm. weird inclusion on this list. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast Five is another weird one for me, and I I mean I don't debate the point they're making. Fast Five is probably the best of the Fast and Furious run. Uh, yeah, it's of, pretty good. Yeah, it's it, certainly everything in the run is better than Too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> and Tokyo Drift. Uh, like the it's, bar was set real low, and I know mm, they had to mm. kind of reboot for Fast and Furious, the fourth movie, which is mm-hmm. consistently a pro- poorly named. But mm. like 
again, are you watching the fifth one if you haven't watched the other four? Are you sitting there going, man, you know, like, I, I only can watch the fifth one because I just feel like it's the only good sequel of the set. I don't I don't think you do. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny because like you know I, I was talking we were talking about this at work you know a week or two ago about the fast franchise and whatnot and 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 how the movies used to be about the cars mm-hmm. and then it, it just seemed like every movie progressively got one up of how much crazier could we be and and I feel like it really kind of took off for the you know at five, five you know where one. they go where they go through the city dragging the, you know, the safe around and whatnot. Yes. Great action, fantastic, fantastic sequences. But then it, it got to the point where how can we one up this again? Oh, I know. And the ninth one, we'll get a submarine or whatever. Like we'll go it to just space. Got, <laughs> yeah. It, it just got wilder and wilder. And it went from yeah. a movie about cars and stealing, you know, Anything. flatbeds and 18 wheelers to about just crazy, but yeah. it is the best of the most recent. I'll, I'll give it that. It's mm-hmm. a good movie, but again, Fast Five, it's in the name. It's not yeah, Fast it Two. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. This one is weird for me, not because I think it's the bad one. I actually do think number three uh, is the best of set, although I know you disagree slightly. Um, <laughs> but it's this thing of, like, again, are you, like, and we're going to touch upon this with a specific movie down near the end of this chunk of this list, but are mm. you sitting there going, I'm just going to watch the third one? Like, I don't care <laughs> about his first two years in fucking Hogwarts yeah. or whatever the hell school's called. It's Hogwarts. Um, yeah, I don't care about his first two years in Hogwarts. I only care about his <laughs> third year. Really? I mean, I, I guess the argument can be made, like even that this is where the story really starts. It is. You know, it's you the, get, the stylistically, you, yes. Yeah, you get a lot of background of them as children. You know, you see the whole Chamber of Secrets and learn the relationship between Ron and, and Hermione, and, and Harry mm-hmm. starts building. Uh, it, the third one is where it really starts taking that more adult turn. I think you brought up last time talking about where Alfonso it really just kind of really just like yeah. nailed the tone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt almost like, you know, sad at points in a way uh-huh. instead of just like happy, you know, wizardy, like, you know, magical movie. It got there was some consequences there and it really started taking off, you know, from that point to the finish, the finale of the series. Uh, it was quite good. Um, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's kind of the thing is like you're going to have your own personal favorite, whether it's that one or Gobble the Fire or Order of the mm-hmm. Phoenix. But like... <laughs> You can single out specific elements you like from each movie, but if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're a Harry Potter fan. You're not just like yeah. a Prisoner of Azkaban fan. Yeah. Um, and we'll, get, we'll get to another movie soon that's like, you know, I'm not going to sit down and watch Harry Potter 6. I'm not going to sit down and watch this movie either. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. We'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I feel like, is a cheat. Not because it's better or worse. Eh, it's Christmas Vacation. It's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. But the reason why everyone loves this one is because it's on fucking blast on PBS every <laughs> year. You know? It, yeah, it is. And, and I'll be honest, if I don't get to see it eight times between December 1st and Christmas, I failed. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of funny in this movie. You know, uh, Ra- Randy Quaid as Eddie is, the, is an absolute treasure. And in this one is not in the sequel, yes. Yeah, he's yeah. just so good in this movie. The the comedy is so there. And as an adult, I can appreciate the humor so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's not a sequel. It's my favorite holiday movie, you know, going away. Uh, I love it. I love that it's on this list, but I agree it's not a sequel. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's actually a point to be raised. Like, you might have seen Christmas Vacation because it's on TBS all the fucking time during mm-hmm. the Christmas season. Yeah. Like, how many people are sitting there going, you know, I saw this. Maybe I should go back and watch the first two vacation movies. I know it's a <laughs> franchise. There's like five or six things in this franchise for it. But it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's National Lampoon's Vacation. You may have watched it. Mm-hmm. You may not care. Uh, European yeah. Vacation. You may have watched it. You may not care. Christmas Vacation <laughs> is, is done in such a way to stand completely on its own, a true standalone yeah. sequel. 
And right. like it is, it, it's just a holiday classic on its own. Putting it on this list is weird because it's just standalone. I mean, if we're gonna put that on this list, why don't we put Van Wilder on there while we're at it? That's a National Lampoon movie, right? Yeah. Like, and and <laughs> they're, they're, are they a franchise? Do they have an interconnected whatever? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Is he some sort of distant cousin of Chevy Chase? I mean. <laughs> I could see it. I honestly thought at one point this is tangent, and we we only have so much time here. But uh, mm-hmm. tangent, I really did feel like Ryan Reynolds would have been the perfect Fletch at the time. Oh God, he's so funny. <laughs> so funny. He would have been great. He didn't want to take the role, and I understand that at the time that they were debating doing another Fletch, Chevy Chase mm-hmm. still had some clout in Hollywood, and no one wanted to take the character from him. No one cares now. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is a douche. But right. <laughs> but at the time with the reactions in Van Wilder, I really felt like Ryan Reynolds would have been the perfect young Fletch, and that just didn't happen. So. <laughs> Make a note. Let's do a Ryan Reynolds podcast at some point sure. too, because that guy's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, I would do that. That'd be great. Star Trek mm-hmm. II: The Wrath of Khan is arguably for many people the best of the original series Star Trek movies, and mm-hmm. that is a lot of asterisks I just had to put on that, which should show you why it's weird. This is on this list, okay? Mm-hmm. Like right. we have to specify original series movies not any of the other movies not like the tv show that came before it you have to watch a bunch of stuff to enjoy wrath of Khan. like you should probably see space seed from the original series before you even go into this it's Mm -hmm. a lot of caveats you got to make to say well yeah and then of course yeah wrath of Khan's the best sequel so sure okay (laughs) (laughs) I, i you can you can argue and and yes, it's Star Trek Two. You can argue this is where the movie franchise yes. actually started. Yes. And I think you brought up that point. And is this movie good? Yeah, yes. it's good. Fantastic. You know, is it? But you need to know the dynamic between Khan and Kirk to even have this mm-hmm. work in the in a movie setting. You got to know what that's all about. And if you don't know the background, it's just a good movie. Um, the the original Star Trek the Motion Picture terrible. terrible. Is this better? Boring. Yeah. But again, it's a weird one on this list because it just it fits, I guess. But you can argue that this is the first movie. Yeah, and, it's and, practically we'll leave a it there. reboot. Like, mm-hmm. like the motion picture took a lot of ideas that were meant for a second Star Trek show, Phase Two, mm-hmm. and made them into a movie. And then when that didn't work, I mean, it made money, but it really wasn't a hit with audiences and wasn't the smash that they were expecting. They practically rebooted. They brought a different director on board, Nicholas Meyer. Uh, they did new costumes, a new set, basically new everything to wash the taste of the motion picture away. They learned the lesson, and in that regard, it's a good sequel. But it really is the start of that specific era of the franchise, and the franchise didn't look back. That was the era they sat in for a while. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie, but again, it, there, there's some dynamics here you can talk about and make arguments for. But anyway, the le- moving this on, one, on. This one, you go. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Is it good? <laughs> Hell yeah, it's good. Is it is it better than the first one? Maybe, but they're all pretty good. But you know what? Like, we're not gonna sit down and just say, you know what? I feel like watching the two towers today because it's you can't watch one without the other. You don't sit there and go, I'm just gonna watch the second of the Lord of the Rings. I don't want to know how they got where they were going. I don't want to know whether or not the ring ends up in Mordor. I just want to see this middle section of walking and fighting. Like, Mm -hmm. no one does it. You sit down on a weekend especially around the holidays, you pop all three extended editions into your DVD player and you sit there for 12 hours of walking because that's what you do. You don't just watch the middle one. This is yeah, dumb. It, 
It is the second part of a three-part act that decided to make three movies that are 27 hours long. <laughs> and one day, I, I, I've said it to work uh, with a buddy at work, and it's funny because this was before you and I said we were going to talk about it. I said, when I find 14 hours one day, I'm going to sit down and watch them all because they go from like four and a half to five to five and a half hours yeah, or some ungodly crazy number. It's nuts. It's nuts. But you know what? I, 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 and I, but I said I'm going to watch them all. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna watch just one. Not one. You're not just gonna start mm-hmm. with fellowship and be like, okay, I'm good. I've got what yeah. I wanted. No. no, no. And you're not gonna just watch the, especially the middle one. I mean, if you're gonna single out any of one, maybe you're just like, I just kind of want to see how it ends again to remind me. Maybe you mm-hmm. watch Return of the King alone, but that's not the one on this list. It's the second, <laughs> the middle. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't quite understand. I mean, yeah. it, it's fine. Put it on the list, I guess. It's yeah. good, but it's one movie. No. It's just it's yeah. the, the three of them together are one movie because that's the vision. So that's that mm-hmm. it more than any other item on this list. This is the one I disagree with the hardest, even more mm-hmm. than not having aliens on this list. I disagree with this more. <laughs> so <laughs> now we get into the good ones, the ones that I actually think we can discuss properly as sequels, because that's kind of how they're intended. Uh, and I, I'm going to let you actually bring out your thoughts first, but I think this one is perfect to have on this list, even though it's the fourth movie, because it's Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, this one, it's its such a good movie. It is. it is fantastic. You can argue that it's a sequel because, you know, the original Road Warrior, like it's its very raw compared to Mad Max 2. And it's another one of those movies you can say is like, um, you know, almost Mad Max 2 is like, you know, the beginning part of, yeah. of the franchise. Because um, if you go and watch yeah. the two of them, like Mad Max into Road Warrior, Mad Max 2, they, they, it feels like night and day, two different universes. The, the main character's named the same, but he doesn't act the same. The world doesn't look the same. There's nothing similar between the two movies. So you could skip Mad Max and not really know anything was missing. And you could skip Beyond Thunderdome because that movie sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had Tina Turner. Yeah. Sure. It, still <laughs> it, it still is just awful. No, no. But Fury Road takes the concept of Road Warrior and builds it perfectly into basically a two hour long action sequence. And it is goddamn brilliant. Yeah, we, we can do a talk about that movie too. Because, mm-hmm. oh, God, it's that movie so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, next one Captain America Winter Soldier. I. I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think that Civil War is a stronger entry in the Captain it. America, just because it's so it's so visceral. How it, it, it gives me that like you know that Star Wars you know uh, Empire Strikes Back vibe where it ends on a sad note. You know Cap and Bucky walking away and whatnot, and the fight with Tony at the end. You know the, these brothers in arms who saved the universe twice are now not friends anymore. I just it's a really good movie. But Winter Soldier is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That. That's a really good movie. I, I agree that it's better than the first one. You saw a lot of really great potential out of Steve Rogers in that. And, and you, you get Bucky back. And Bucky is a good character. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, the, the thing I like about having this movie on the list is, yes, there's an interconnected spider web and everyone crosses over with everything else. But the way that Captain America was set up, he was the last movie in that first saga before the Avengers crossover happened. So he basically mm-hmm. goes from the first adventure which is a rushed movie, but good in its own way, uh, mm. into Avengers, into Winter Soldier. And it's like a three-movie progression for him, one to the next to the next. And it works. It's mm-hmm. growth for his character without anyone getting in the way otherwise. And Winter Soldier is just such an interesting turn of a film and how it goes and how it tries to keep everything grounded without a lot of the other 
superheroes getting involved now that they've all started crossing over. This is the movie mm-hmm. that I feel like shows the potential for what the MCU could be, even without all the characters doing their big crossovers. You know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch this one over again. I always go to Civil War when I go to watch a Captain America solo movie just because uh-huh. it's my favorite. I'm going to watch Winter Soldier back again because you, know, you always bring up a really good point about a movie like, oh, yeah, shit, I forgot that. Let me go see that again and see how I feel about it this time now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm, I, I, I understand. I understand is what, is what I'm saying. And when we're talking about interconnected movies, why I don't think Lord of the Rings should be on this list at all. Like, do I go back and just watch Captain America Winter Soldier? Fuck yes, I do. This movie is great. So, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, when at whichever one you might think of, like uh, the the three trilogy, the three movies in this trilogy, whichever one you want to like, you know, single out as the best one: Rise or Dawn or War, Day, Night, Return, whatever f- fucking movies they come up with next. <laughs> Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, I think, is the next one. Like this single trilogy, masterminded by two different directors and all with Andy Serkis in the role is fantastic. This is a great trilogy of films that takes the concept from the original five from the 1960s and 70s and builds it into something more. Uh, All three of these are better sequels than the five that came before in their own little self-contained unit. Would I single out Dawn over Rise? I don't know if I would do that. I think, actually, I like Rise better. But all three of these are great. And if I'm going to sit down, I'm going to sit down to watch these three. Yeah, another one of those, you know, trilogies right here where you got to watch them all in a, in, in a row. And that's not just about one single movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, like, you know, the the, the fact Andy Serkis makes this movie belong on this list, you know, on his on own. own. You know, he mm-hmm. he is so good as Caesar. And, and, you know, you said last time, you know, Gollum is another one of the characters he's known for from Lord of the Rings, which you already had on this list. Um, it, it, and he does a really great job as Gollum. And, and it's that fine. But but caesar is just so good so relatable yeah yeah yes and just like very real as a leader you feel like you you could see the emotion that he brings to that role and the Mm -hmm. eyes and the the emotions that he shows you just it's so good and and i got to give that to andy circus for being you know probably one of if not the greatest you know uh, motion capture actors of our generation and time because he makes this movie what it is and anything he does in movies for me is is reason enough to watch going in you know the monkeys and the apes are cgi but you mm-hmm. forget it because of his performance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, we have one on this list that I know you and I both haven't watched. And the only reason I kept it on here is because it is technically a sequel. And I think Richard Linkletter is a fantastic director. I keep meaning to watch these, but I just don't have it in me to watch two, four, six hours of two people having a long conversation for an entire day. It's the same reason why I've never been able to sit down and watch my dinner with Andre. I know it's a great movie. I know people. <laughs> I'm a cinema guy and I haven't watched it, but just watching two guys have a long conversation over dinner, no matter how good it might be, sounds so boring and I just can't bring myself to do it. So, like, and that's, that's where I'm with these, the before series, before midnight, before sunrise, before sunset. It follows mm. these characters at like eight different or three different points in their life, eight years apart between them because Richard Winklater likes to do weird things like this and I know they're great romances people have raved about that but I haven't watched them I'm going to keep on the list because yes sure true whatever but Mm. make up your own mind yeah, I haven't seen any of these, you know, full disclosure. Uh, I know the director loves these, like, you know, epic, long periods mm-hmm. of, of time. You know, he shot that one movie over a period of, what, 10 years yeah, boy, or whatever. Yep. 
Yeah, Boyhood. Yeah, and, and and I haven't seen that either. And I feel like this movie's on this list because of the quality of the director and mm-hmm. his body of work. Um, and but I mean, I feel like you could have, to your point, picked any number of these movies in this franchise and said this was the best. Mm-hmm. So yeah, eh, maybe I'll watch it one day. It's not my cup of tea. I'd rather honestly even just go watch Two Towers. <laughs> I, I, I and I and I won't even do that. So maybe I'm lying <laughs> saying I'll get to it. But you know, we'll see. Good. Good. So this one I absolutely agree with. Um, the Dark Knight. Batman yeah. Begins is a fantastic movie. It washed away the stink of the fucking Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and just gave you the a bat nipples. Start. Bat nipples. The bat nipples. Yes. The bat yes. gold card that he uses. Uh, oh my god, so terrible. George Clooney. It's 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 like they took the idea of the fun kind of you know quirky almost circus-like atmosphere that Tim Burton brought to the movie and said, how can we one-up this even more as we keep going? And just, whatever, those movies are fine. Michael Keaton's always my Batman. But at the end of the day, yeah, this movie's so good. The Dark Knight is so good. It it takes what was set up in Batman Begins and then Mm -hmm. adds the Joker. And that's really all I wanted, because Heath Ledger's Joker is phenomenal. He's my Joker. He's just the best. he is so good, and and you can debate, you know, who's the better Joker, Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger. Sure, they both have excellent qualities, and we should do a talk about that too, because <laughs> sure, I mean, sure. you can you can go you can go either way on that one, but you know, for this particular movie, Heath Ledger almost stole the show from from Bruce Wayne, and I think he may have done it. You know, he Christian did. Bale's good as Batman, yeah. but it, when you see the Joker, you look for a that real rival to batman you know there is a reason why the joker and batman are just you know synonymous with with back the good and evil back and forth in this in this franchise Mm -hmm. and you can't get that wrong but at the same time like that you could have never gotten that more right when it came to this situation oh yeah no absolutely that he is so good in the role and he fits so perfectly in the world that he makes Mm -hmm. joker better so or he makes batman better for his inclusion um, yeah, it does. So we got we, we we've got a few more that I know uh, we need to bang out quick. Some of them I'm going to agree with. Some of them I don't. Uh, I think it's worth touching upon Hellboy two because mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro is a fantastic act uh, director, and mm-hmm. Hellboy is a great superhero movie for when it was released and how it was done. Hellboy two is a terrible Hellboy movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it, it's another one of those movies where you up the action a little bit more and try to say it's better. I just think the story is better in Hellboy One. Yeah. I, I buy into the characters more. You, you didn't try to overload me with a lot of you know shiny things or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Perlman does a great job in both yes. movies. Don't get me wrong, but but her, Hellboy One's just better. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hellboy Two is a Guillermo del Toro movie. Hellboy One is a Hellboy movie. I, and I like Guillermo del Toro. You know, I love Pacific Rim. You know, I, I love these bad sci-fi movies. And is Hellboy 2 a bad sci-fi movie? Yes. Mm. But is it better than Hellboy? No, it's not. Uh, the Bourne Ultimatum. This one I have issues with because <laughs> I think everything that came after the Bourne Identity is not as good as the Bourne Identity by any stretch of yeah. measure. Nope. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Like, he, had, and maybe... he had the girl. And the two of them worked together yeah. and there was this chemistry to them that the the next movies just couldn't touch and it's like an unnecessary mm-hmm. continuation because he got his happy ending yeah it, it 
that movie, you know, I, I I went into that movie expecting it to be, you know, whatever, maybe like a Mission Impossible, maybe, you know, some kind of like, you know, super, not superhero, but like, you know, spy movie. Or, it, it, it subverted a lot of expectations in the Bourne identity. And it was really good. And all, and all the movies, you know, they, they again, it's that formula up the action, up the stakes, up the money. The character. But it, yeah, yeah, it just wasn't as good as the first one. It was good. But the first one, you know, there's a reason why imitation is a, is a sincerest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you try to imitate that feel you got in the first one. You didn't get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. These next two can be grouped together. And I don't think it's it's unfair to do this. Spider-Man 2 and X2 X-Men United. Uh, two sequels mm-hmm. that came out during the start of what can really be considered the superhero boom. They both nailed it. Right. I'm not debating that. They're both bigger movies. They both have great villains. They both expand mm-hmm. the world. I think they're easy answers on this list because, yeah, of course, they're they're everyone agrees they're the better movies. But sure, they're the better movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. Um, the, the, you can go back and forth on this one again if you want. You know, saying what's better, the original or the second one. The neither one is bad. No. Uh, they're they're both fine. But I mean, it, it. I get why you put them here, but I feel like again they just don't really belong for me it, it, it's weird it's like Spi- uh spider-man one had the green goblin who i think despite how yeah. good doc ock is green goblin's a better villain uh, x-men yeah. 2 is a larger movie and it has a kick-ass wolverine killing dudes in the mansion so i'll put it on this list but yeah mm. placement's debatable terminator 2 is an interesting one for this list just because it feels like a different movie from the first one first one is a mm-hmm. horror movie the second one's an action movie and I don't know if I'd call, call one better than the other. Again, it's this is one of those situations on this list where I think we might have had one or two of these where they're both just as good as the other mm-hmm. one. You're just going to wax poetics about do you like, uh, you know, the, the horror aspect or the action aspect mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. But both are fantastic. You know, and this one had more draw and power because, you know, Arnold was Arnold at this yes. point. He wasn't just some Swiss bodybuilder that they put in a role because he worked as like this, mm-hmm. this giant vicious beast. <laughs> Yum, <laughs> phrasing um but it, it, you know the, the star power of arnold i think at this point maybe in, enhanced the the thought of why this is better I, I think you can argue that it's better and i wouldn't argue that you're wrong but it's they're both very good and that's something we can both agree yep. on silence of the lambs over anything in the franchise uh i agree with <laughs> it's just for most yeah. people they don't remember it is a franchise that started before silence of the lambs manhunter came out from michael mann is a terrible mm-hmm. rendition of uh red dragon that has been thankfully forgotten by most people except for me um and yes if you <laughs> want to say the franchise star with silence of the lambs you're not wrong because every movie to come out after including a remake of red dragon has mirrored the mm-hmm. silence of the lambs style so yeah, it's a sequel, sure. If you want to say that Manhunter was the first one, I think this one's debatable. I, I'm not even going to give this one the the benefit or the doubt here. I'm going to say you're wrong. This is the best in the franchise, <laughs> yes. and it was the first movie. It on. is the first moving <laughs> on. Uh, Superman 2, I think, is a worse movie than Superman because it was cobbled together by two different directors after the first director was fired. Uh, didn't get to do mm-hmm. his vision, and why it's on this list, I don't understand. 
it's been a while since I saw this first one, and I got this mixed up last time thinking this was the Richard Pryor that's one, great. but that's Superman yeah. 3. Um, I, I remember the, the the most recent Zod more so than this Zod. I remember the movie, um, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it, um, so I, I'd have to watch it again, uh, but I'm just I'm going to agree with you on this one. I don't remember it as much as I remember Superman yeah. 1. Um, maybe it was the, you know, I think you brought up the eight-minute monologue that they gave Superman on the ride over to Earth, mm-hmm. or, or the very long talk that Jor-El gives him when he finds the Sanctum of Solitude <laughs> that just, why did you do this for 15 oh minutes God, in the middle yeah. of the movie? Oh. It's, but I, maybe that's why it was more memorable, but you know what? I also watched a three-hour Ali movie and fell asleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> true. Very, very true. All right. So, quickly scurrying down this list, because we, we are we are reaching the dregs now. Okay, so, is Empire Strikes Back the best Star Wars movie? Yes. Is it an yes. easy answer to put on this list? Yes. Like, no, no, yes. no debate. Like, it's not the conclusion of the trilogy, and it's weird, again, to have a second movie on here. Because, I mean, now with all three of them out, like, from mm-hmm. Star Wars to Return of the Jedi... Like you're not just gonna sit down and watch one. You're gonna you're gonna make a day of it. You're gonna watch all three or make three evenings of it or something. You're gonna go in and you're gonna go through and you're gonna go from uh, Luke to darkness to teddy bears, and that's just mm-hmm. how it's gonna be. Is Empire the best of the set? Sure. Is it a? F- there's a reason. Yeah. It's, there's a reason. There's a reason why. Yeah. Why. Any Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, you can throw on TNT, TBS, uh-huh. you know, whatever your local TV, and see these movies uh-huh. on a replay, like just just one after the other. Yes, Empire is the best. Yes, we can agree yep. on that. And some of them are quite bad as they get longer along. It's a franchise at um, this point. Like, uh, are they yeah. all better than the goddamn two uh, direct to TV Ewok movies? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's it, it, it can. I mean, yeah, like franchise. Films. Some of them are. Yeah. We'll do a Star Wars talk at some point, too. I think we may have done a little bit, and I got feels on what they did to my boys. <laughs> but yes, we can both agree that the the tone of this movie was set in sadness at the mm-hmm. end. You know, the reveal of, of Vader being Luke's father. I can't imagine what that was like for people seeing that in theater at the time. Um, but I mean, is it the best of the franchise? Yeah. Is it better than the others? Yeah. yeah. But again, this this was an easy this one. This was an easy one. Um, Dawn of the Dead is on this list, and it feels like a cheat, not because I could debate whether or not this is a better movie than Night of the Living Dead. It is. George Romero wanted to make a Mm -hmm. zombie movie, and he wanted to own the rights to it. Good for him. It's not a direct sequel. It is, at best, a universe builder, because, you know, it's set kind of on the same day of a zombie apocalypse, and then the aftermath, and different characters, and different time period, and everything. It's just like, he wanted to play with zombies, and he wanted to continue building his ideas, I think it's better than Night of the Living Dead. It's not really a sequel, though. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of movies in this mm-hmm. franchise. And, and and I think, um, what was the most recent one? Well, not most recent, but the one that was like 10, 15 years ago with Ving Rains that came that out. That was the remake and, and of the Dead, yeah, from Zack yeah, Snyder. Yeah, okay, I didn't... Yeah, and that was a really good movie. And and but uh, you again, one. you know, we're talking. <laughs> we, Fran- I mean, when I, we talk I, these I, movies I like on this podcast, I'll debate you on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I mean, it, it was it's fine. You know, you want to put this on this list? I get it, Time Magazine. But I mean, you're not you're not stretching to say that it was better when it clearly just was. And by the same logic, this next one, the good, the bad, and the ugly, is weird on this list. I actually think this movie's boring, and I like for a few dollars more better. But the mm-hmm. only thing that's 
associate between them is Clint Eastwood, who's playing a guy with no name, which he actually doesn't in the third movie. It's not that he's even playing the same character, it's just that they're Sergio Leone movies, and they kind of all have Clint Eastwood in them. They're not meant to be sequels, mm-hmm. they were just branded as Right, characters. right. So, From Russia with Love is technically the first James Bond sequel uh, in movie form. But this is a cheat for me, because how many fucking books were there at this point and they knew it was a franchise, you know? And we have 26 of these movies now to say, oh yeah, From Russia with Love is a good sequel with the first one. I mean, sure, but I did at that point, I think people were like, well, there's like six of these books out. We're going to just keep getting these, you know? You do know what you're getting with when you get Bond. And this is a Bond, Bond movie, like over Dr. No. I think it's better than Dr. No. Dr. No is racist in places, uh, <laughs> more so than from Russia with Love. Um, yeah, so you're not wrong about that. Sure, but, you know, like, then you have like five other movies from Sean Connery at this point. Like, it's a franchise, mm-hmm. and they already knew it was a franchise. This movie is a cheat having it on this list. Uh, it's the second one. That's why I include it in this chunk, but it's a cheat. And finally, and this is the one I really want to touch upon here at the very end, uh, mm-hmm. Bride of Frankenstein. And mm-hmm. I don't know how most people feel about it. Most of the Frankenstein movies from Universal were trash. Um, mm-hmm. But the first one is gorgeously like tragic with the monster and the performance from Boris Karloff. And it's such mm-hmm. a good monster movie, better than Dracula, at least the American mm-hmm. Dracula. We need to discuss these at some point. Um, Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> I, I view as a gimmick. It's like the Wii U of fucking Frankenstein movies. <laughs> yes, it has some cool features. There's some really interesting compositing they do in it. It's trash, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's the better film. Yeah, I mean, the, this is where, um, you know, several instances where the original can't be topped mm-hmm. by the sequel, even though you really want to try. Mm-hmm. And you, you really want to make us believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, we, but we don't, you're wrong. The fact this was number one, I guess, in their order on the list is, is sure. But, I mean, no. To your point, like, everything you said is correct. Um, I, I don't have much to say besides no. No, no, it's not. Frankenstein's a better film. And if you take anything away from this podcast... Frankenstein is the better film. <laughs> yeah. Just take that away with you. you know, we talked yeah. about quite a few things. We got opinions on a lot of stuff here, but you know what? At the end of the day, Frankenstein is Frankenstein better. Frankenstein is better. That's really the only lesson you need to learn after 40 minutes of this. <laughs> and with that bombshell, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. And I'm Mike as well. You guys have a good one.